welcome into the inaugural episode of the Full Course Football Podcast. My name is Zach. I'm joined by my friends Jack, Keegan, and Sam. We are four football fans that just want to talk football. Yep. We're by no means experts. Definitely not. We just want to chat. So we're just gonna we're gonna preview. We're gonna talk about games once they come in season. But for now, we're just gonna recap a few a uh, few divisions: AFC South and AFC East today. And then we're going to draft, what is it, foods that we want to eat while watching football, correct? Absolutely. That's not a bad... How we doing, boys? Good. Good. <laughs> First pod. Really good. Real good. I did a couple of ammonium before this. <laughs> he wow. is hyped. He is ready to rock. I feel absolutely electric right now. Yeah. I'm coming off of my uh, first ever jury duty today. Wow. Uh, it felt like a big time for me. Did um, you get chosen? No, I didn't. Oh. Uh, but, you know, it's okay. You at least got food, right? No. Didn't no? Food. No food. Didn't get chosen. Had to sit there for eight hours. Whoa. So, here we are. That sounds horrible. So now you just want to talk about the Texans, right? Right. I mean, yeah. what's, what's better than just going from worse <laughs> to worse? Well, let's do it. Let's hop into the AFC South. We're going to talk Texans first. Keegan, start us off. What do you got? I would love to. Yes. So let's go ahead and talk about our fan favorite, Houston Texans. No mm. better place to start on the old inaugural podcast here. Last year, 3-13-1. Shout, <coughs> <coughs> shout out to Keegan's throw. Oh, man. You know, it's that popcorn kernel that goes crazy for a second there. This guy choked up talking about the Texans. Shout out to our hometown Colts for one of those wins and that week one tie and that three thirteen and one record last year. Jack, how are you feeling about that? Uh, bad. <laughs> well, well said. You heard it from the man himself. Right now, their over under is at six and a half, uh, which I think is a pretty interesting line. We'll get to that towards the end here. Draft class, obviously, a lot of fireworks going on there. C.J. Stroud, number two overall, trading up. With draft capital they got from shipping off Deshaun Watson for Will Anderson. Super interested to get your guys' take mm-hmm. on that right off the bat. They get rid of their 2024 first rounder, but add arguably one of the most elite defensive players in Will Anderson. Curious, how do you guys feel about them trading up to number three overall? Yeah, I think this is a team that can use whatever they can get. Will Anderson, uh, definitely going to be a big improvement. Mm-hmm. Um It'll be interesting to see how that works with the rest of the defense because when you think elite defense, you don't exactly think the Texans. But we'll see how Will Anderson kind of gets incorporated there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have to expect, expect they'll improve with D'Amico Ryans coming in. Will Anderson, they had a few young guys from the last few drafts, DBs, that I think will be good. But, um, yeah, if you're going to draft C.J. Stroud, you're not going to probably need your first-round pick next year. You already, have, you already took the bet on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So... I, I see why they did it. Um, but, yeah, I think it's also just great for the Cardinals, who now have two shots at getting Caleb Williams. <sighs> that's that's my take. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I hope Kyler's not listening to this. Yeah. Not yet, at least. He should be watching film. <laughs> <laughs> this counts as watching film if Kyler's listening. <laughs> at least he he's putting in the work. No, that's a good point. I totally agree with all of that. I think it's interesting. I'll be very curious to see where they go with that. We've seen other rebuilds throughout the last couple of years where they've really centered around a top five defensive player in Hutchinson coming to mind. Obviously not quite the same organization, but interesting just to think about how they build around Will Anderson. Uh, they have the seventh easiest schedule in the NFL, bolstered by games against three teams projected to win fewer than seven games. 
they've got division uh, rival Indianapolis Colts, Arizona Cardinals, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up that are going to really help them uh, probably win a couple of games, I would imagine, but we'll see. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I don't want to be too presumptuous there. Uh, interesting, too, they've got a couple of battles coming up against all of the rookie quarterbacks that were taken in the first two rounds. Mm. Sad that I have to say two rounds because yeah. Rip Will Levis. Uh, but that's okay. Those will be interesting games to watch for sure. Um, and it's interesting just what Nick Casario's mission has been since joining the organization in 2021 has really been trying to get out from under that shadow of Deshaun Watson. Uh, obviously, trading him away was a huge element of this offseason and then using some of that capital to get Will Anderson like we talked about. Um, and it's still uncertain how Casario's aggressive wheeling and dealing will play out, uh, but it's clear that his team, for better or for worse, uh, seems to really be behind him as he was recently promoted to executive vice president. Interesting mm-hmm. to think about. Uh, former GM, you think that he got fired, but no, he has been promoted. Uh, so interesting, this is with the reshuffle that's going on there. So obviously outside of the draft, they did some interesting things in free agency, adding significant veteran experience to both sides of the ball without overspending for the top names. Uh, a couple of things to highlight there is Dalton Schultz being the headline addition on the offense. Mm, big time. Uh, big time out there. Uh, Fifth-year pro hauled in 226 passes and 20 touchdowns last year, uh, forcing – that's not true. Not last year. I was going to say 20 touchdowns last year. Who that's is crazy. Guy. During his tenure with Dallas. <laughs> that's, like, on me. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> that's insane. Sense. That's Austin Eckler. Right, yeah. Okay. So, sleeper of the year, that's true. <laughs> Uh, on the other side of the ball, safety Jimmy Ward was the top prize coming in off two consecutive 90-plus run defense grades. Pretty Stunned. interesting. And so obviously I think that's one of their biggest moves is signing Jimmy Ward. Um, and so without premium draft picks, you've got a lot riding on this young roster, specifically C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Um, and that starting offense is also really interesting, especially that wide receiver room with Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie, Tank Dell, and Noah Brown all being added. Uh, looks pretty interesting and a slippery sneaker. Slippery, a livery, a livery sneaker. You heard it here you first. Correct. This is meant to say great demonstration of the English language yep, in this yep, first yep. overview. Devin Singletary, a slippery uh, sleeper. I'll take Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> you do love that. Just wait until I what I have to say here, real okay. quick. Just to wrap out this time. Though Houston has the same running backs coach that they've had since 2018, and Danny Barrett, <laughs> Danny Barrett, they have a new head coach, Nico Ryan's, like Zach mentioned, and a new offensive coordinator in Bobby Slawick, both of whom came from San Francisco. Uh, and I think based on their usage of Christian McCaffrey and based on how high Damian Pierce's usage was, which was 75% of the team's carries last year, I think that that can, we can safe to say that that's only going to go down. And I think adding Devin Singletary will cut into that, especially given his run-blocking prowess, and I think also being able to catch the ball a little bit more out of the backfield. I think that's a value uh, late in drafts for you to, to check out. So that's my recommendation on the Houston offense if you're going to take any shots, but obviously this is a young team, and I'm not sure that you're going to want to build around that putting franchise. So uh, that's a quick overview of the Houston Texans for you. All right, they're over-unders at 6.5. What do you got it? I got it under that. Uh, I got him at five games okay. this year. Jack? Um, I think they're going to win three games. Bold. Minimum. Do they tie? One. All right. Mm. Per tradition. Mm-hmm. All right, I like that. So you said at least three. Are you taking over under six and a half? 
maximum four. Okay, got it. <laughs> Sam Jackson minus three and a half. Got it. Got it. Uh, I have them at under. Um, they'll probably split with the Colts and then maybe beat the Bucks and definitely beat the Cards. And that's really that's really all I got, and you know, <laughs> from my point of view. So I give them three wins, maybe four. I think, Sticking with Jack. I think it's a good line. I take under maybe six. I think they, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they got to seven wins. I'll just say that in a bad division uh, overall, I don't think they will, but. It wouldn't be the most surprising outcome of the season. Um, all right, next, the team that finished in third in the AFC South, Jack, uh, Colts fan yourself, what do you got? Yeah, it was a modest third place. They could have done uh, much better if you think back through their some of their games. They tied the Texans, lost to the Texans on the last play of the game when they were trying to lose on purpose. We're winning by 33 against the Vikings and then decided to try to lose on purpose. <laughs> and then uh, tried to lose on purpose against the Giants and then scoring points. And Nick Foles died on the field. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he did die. <laughs> um, so I think the, the weird thing about the Colts last year is that they were they looked real bad and everyone remembers their season as being real bad, but a lot of weird stuff that normally doesn't happen to NFL teams happen like they're they were being coached by a high school football coach <laughs> and they were in a lot of games and if if they were the Vikings and won all their one score games they probably maybe would have snuck into the playoffs mm-hmm. so I think they're not as far away as people think and maybe it was just a clip a quick dip down pick up a franchise quarterback and then get back up I'm this year, their schedule, like Keegan kind of mentioned, because they're playing very similar teams, is very easy. They play the AFC South and the NFC South, which are the two worst divisions in football, arguably. So those do bring some interesting matchups, though, as Keegan mentioned. Uh, the face-off against C.J. Stroud, so Anthony Richardson versus C.J. Stroud, see if the Texans are going to regret their pick and not going with Anthony Richardson. They also play the Panthers, which will bring Bryce Young to town. It'll also bring back Frank Reich, um, ex-head coach, great guy, terrible coach in the first quarter, great coach in the second, third, and fourth quarter. So <laughs> hopefully we can get out to a quick lead in that game. Um, one thing of note from this offseason and their schedule to keep an eye on is they, they do play the Patriots in Germany. So we'll see how that goes. Just... Last time the Colts played overseas, they lost to the Jaguars in London, so that's not a great record of overseas. Okay. Also, you can pencil in a loss um, against the Browns because, surprisingly, they will be wearing the uglier of the jerseys in that matchup, <laughs> the Colts and the Browns. That's so, an L. Yeah, the new jerseys are very ugly. All these other teams are releasing <laughs> these dope retro throwback jerseys, and the Colts just come out with... They're like, oh, what should we look like? Let's look like Duke football with our black helmets and... Blue jerseys. Um, <laughs> Good program, though. <laughs> the Colts brought in a couple people in free agency. Doesn't really matter. They lost some old farts. Um, lost a guy to gambling, which is fine. He, everyone's like, oh, that's going to be a big loss for the Colts. He never really did anything, so I'm not mm-hmm. really too worried about that. But the big news of the Colts' offseason season was just picking up Shane Steichen as the new head coach. And then drafting Anthony Richardson fourth overall. Um, the whole season comes down to Anthony Richardson. Um, if he, the team will go as far as they take him. Like I said, like they, they weren't as far away 
as people think based off of their record. And if you take all the weird circumstances out of last year, they actually could have maybe ended up a lot better. And if Matt Ryan just could move at all, then they would have won more than four games. And if there's one thing Anthony Richardson can do, it's move. Um, as we've seen at the Ursa YMCA downtown. Yes, sir. Mm. That was insane. As, yeah. Shout out. Now I'm the second most athletic person to work out there. <laughs> uh, so that's the big news. I mean, there's other rookies that come to mind. Josh Downs would be a good receiver, good slot guy, so it's a good thing we picked up Isaiah McKenzie in free agency to not play him, so that's awesome. Mm. Um, the players to watch um, fantasy-wise – is there's probably no reason to draft Jonathan Taylor or Michael Pittman because you have no idea what they're going to look like with the rookie running back, um, rookie quarterback if there's other players available that have more established positions. I, I would be fine taking Michael Pittman over some of the wide receiver twos there, just be, like Brandon Ayuk, just because San Francisco is so like uh, full of playmakers and really all the Colts have is Michael Pittman to throw to, so that is incentivizing, but I think the Colts' fantasy um, stock is all in the waiver wires. Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods are not getting drafted in redraft leagues, and they are going to be viable wide receivers, plug-and-play, wide receiver or tight end. So if you're just like, my tight end's on buy, or you punt tight end to the end, and whoever you pick up doesn't really do it for you, like if you go with Dalton Kincaid and he doesn't really do anything, Jelani Woods picking him up on the waivers is a great thing to keep your eye out for, in my opinion. Their over-under is also six and a half. I have them going well over that. So that would be a very stress-free bet for you. I'm honest, I went through the schedule today, and I, at the first time I went through it, I had them at 12 and 5. So I'm honestly taking my expectations down to 10 and 7. It might go to 9, 7, and 1, depending on how those Texans can. Can we bet on that? Right. Like, I would, sure. like if, what's your, what are you setting your line at over-under? Mm, like probably nine? nine. Yeah, oh, that's close. Uh, they're gonna, they'll make the playoffs pretty easily, I think. Uh, I would take the under no, nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> they're bold. They're not gonna make the playoffs easily. It's in the cards, but they've been dealt a hand that just no one knows what's gonna happen. If Shane Steichen and Anthony Richardson come in and week, I think by week five you'll know they're either gonna be like, wow, this team's actually fairly good. Or it's like, all right, they're going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. second in the draft next year. Got so it. it'll be by week five, you'll probably know what you get with the Colts. So that's why I'd probably stay away from kind of fantasy wise because by week five, you could be be very sad that you wasted your first pick on Jonathan Taylor. Hmm. So what do you guys what do you guys think about the Colts after all this um, brilliant information that I've given you? I think after listening to that great spiel. I'll say that I think the Colts have the best rushing duo between a starting QB and running back. Anthony Richardson and Zach Moss? <laughs> yeah, well, Gardner <laughs> Minshew and Zach Moss. Commonly oh, okay. <laughs> confused. Sure, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I like those takes. Um, I would take Jonathan Taylor if he's at good value. If he's at there at the he's end at like, of the first round. I think round. he's at 11 right now. Yeah, yeah, don't reach for it. Don't don't draft him like seventh when one of those top guys is still up there. I I probably wouldn't do that. If he falls to the second, then definitely that's great value. But yeah, where he's being drafted, I don't know if that's worth it. Okay, is he fully healthy? Uh, I mean, sleeper has a tag on him, but 
Okay. He didn't practice in any of the like June practices, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Right. I'll take him. Beginning of the second round, easily. End of the first round, probably. Yeah, I mean, a year ago, you'd have to have the first pick in order to get him. And yeah. so now to yeah. be able to get him in the second round, that could be some valuabilities. Yeah. It is so interesting. Jack and I were in a league last year, and the guy with the first pick took Derrick Henry first overall. Left JT to the 102 and Christian McCaffrey. And we thought that was crazy. Which, really, all information that we had was crazy, but it did work out. I mean, Derrick Henry had a great year. JT got injured. That guy got whooped in the playoffs, so it (laughs) did not matter. But, interesting. Looking back a a year ago from today. So, Jack, you're smashing over 6.5, Keegan. Oh, yeah. I think at least half of my 401k is. (laughs) (laughs) a minimum. I'm going under that line. I still am nervous about that team overall, and I think it's going to take a little while to sort things out. Sam? Um, six and a half. I did Does just say that. count as the half? Uh, <laughs> that's a really good thought. It's only based on wins. So. Um, <laughs> oh. I did just say that they're probably going to split with the Texans. Which that's one win. Makes me think, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's one win, and then I'm trying to get up to the... Other six wins that would get me above that line. I don't really see myself getting there. I think they'll be better than Houston, uh, but I think they're under the line. I'm taking under as well. I think, uh, like last year, we'll be able to go to the Week 18 game against the Texans, and it won't matter. Yeah, because all the stars um, will be resting. That's true. It'll right. be Zach You'll Moss and Gardner Minshew. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Speaking no, of I think we got $20 tickets in Week 18. and uh, Did I pay that much? You're, we paid it's 20 true. bucks, I think, and we got to watch, as a Bears fan, Sam and I, uh, we got to witness us get the number one pick in the wildest game I've ever been to, and it meant absolutely nothing yeah. in terms of wins. But it was super hype. It meant everything to us. Yeah, it did. All right. <laughs> Go Colts, hometown team. Now up to the team, finished second in the division, came down to week 18, the Titans. I don't even remember week 18 for the Titans. Who'd they play? They Anyone played remember? the Jags, and Josh Dobbs started. Oh, and he actually played pretty decent. Better than Malik Willis, which is a, as low of a bar as you can set. But. Well, we'll get into that. Yep. Um, Let's go. All right, Titans, just to set the premise, they are over under seven and a half wins, so just above that Colts-Texans threshold, which is interesting. Um, but just running through their draft real quick, they took Pete Skoronsky, number go. 11 overall, offensive lineman out of Northwestern. Got to feel, yeah, got to feel some way about that. But um, <laughs> good football quality, definitely a bite the bullet take. I think he's going to be a, a great addition to that team, um, and we'll probably hear his name once a month. But he'll be doing amazing things for that team, which is great. <laughs> Um, and moving on to somebody whose name, hopefully, we'd hear more than once a month. Will Levis, unfortunately, slid to the second round. Who? Um, yep. Yeah. Facts. Malik Willis. Zach oh, Wilson. Whoops. Oh, um, yeah. So Zach Wilson <laughs> fell to the second round. Goes to the Titans, uh, number 33 overall. Dude was looking absolutely fitted at draft day and had to waste that on a second round selection. Anyways... Um, all reports say that he's going to be sitting behind Ryan Tannehill, which I guess makes sense because is Will Levis any good? We're going to find out. 
Is Ryan Tannehill any good? Yeah. I don't think so. Whoa. But maybe he's better than Will Levis. We can jump into that. He's led them to a one seed. He, what more do you want from a guy? Derrick Henry led them to a one seed. Derrick Henry's still on the team. Derrick Henry is still so on the team. still there. And that's fair. Um, I've also seen reports that Will Levis is currently competing with Malik Willis for the backup role. So um, I really think <laughs> that you need to know. training camp and preseason are going to be interesting there down in old old Nash City. So we'll see how, how that goes. Um I would love to see Will Levis play, but if he really is at the Malik Willis level, then I'd rather I just lose all memory of him and he can just <laughs> truly turn into Zach Wilson. What would it take for you to buy a <sighs> Will Levis jersey? I would have to win our fantasy league again and have you guys buy it for me. That would wow. be it. Wow, so if Fair you enough. would select a Will Levis jersey if you win, would you like to put that If down? he was your QB1 or just in No, in he general. doesn't have to have that. <laughs> um, do I get anything else for winning, or do I only no, get a Will get Levis jersey? jersey just Will Levis. A Will Levis if, if I win that league... Oh I'll get it. I'll get a. But if I want, I want their new retro Oilers yeah, jerseys that they so just fire. dropped. I think Will today. deserves one of those jerseys no, yet. He won't. No. But he'll have one. <laughs> but he'll have one. Okay, I'm holding you to that. Okay, if I win, I, I will have that. a retro Will Levis jersey. What number is he? Does anyone know? No. He Does he know? Eleven. No. Eleven. Yeah. I do like eleven. <laughs> oh, great! Great, great number. For you. Perfect. Eight. Dang it. That's bad. What an ugly, That's bad. ugly oh. number. Which other Titans player wore that same number from 2015 to 2019? Derrick Henry. No. AJ Brown. 2018 to 2019? 2015 to 2019. Oh. No, it's not AJ Brown. Take Another quarterback. What? On the Titans? Wait, oh, Marcus Mariota. Oh, quarterback. Talk Great about documentary. another since I think not. I no. think not. Um, yeah, Marcus Mariota watched all of quarterback. Love Seems like guy. a nice guy. No. Good kind of a sad plot arc. Yep. That was really sad. They kind of just dropped him off at the end, and they were like, yeah, so he's backing up Jalen Hurts. All right, anyways, back to the people you care about. <laughs> we're getting off topic here. <laughs> who is, he, who is uh, Will Levis and Tannehill going to throw the ball to this year? Okay. Who are Will Levis and Tannehill going to throw the ball to? We thought it was just Traylon Burks, but now we're on to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, signed a fat... Contract twelve million dollar base with three million with incentives. I don't know what those incentives mean. Can you cut in on Derrick Henry's touchdown share? Maybe that's what it is. Um, but opens up an interesting question: Why do you trade away AJ Brown and then go out and sign DeAndre Hopkins? Why do you do that? Only explanation is it's a new regime. That's the only explanation I have. It's a different person who traded AJ Brown. Versus signing DeAndre Hopkins doesn't make sense for the franchise as a whole because AJ Brown, up and coming young receiver who is better than DeAndre Hopkins right now. Yep. But unfortunately, the previous GM uh, didn't want to pay him. Yeah. Looks like a bad bad call. So we'll see how that works out. Um, I probably would take a flyer on D Hop if he was good value in fantasy. No idea where he's going. I feel like. D Hop and then those other old guys, Mike Thomas and ADP forty seven. Really? Yeah, end of the fourth. Alright, I'm not taking D Hop in the fourth round. <laughs> just because Ryan Tannehill is throwing to him. Um, but let's look at some other 
fantasy weapons we got here. We got Chig, the tight end, who attended tight end university. Could be similar to your uh, tight end take, Jack, for the Colts. Uh, maybe a flyer on waivers. You know, somebody who's... Chig's going to get drafted in, in a redraft league. He'll probably be like a last-round tight end guy. He... Yeah, he I mean he's fallen. he's pretty he's pretty far away from an elite tight end, but he is a starting tight end, I guess, with no competition in the tight end room. So we'll see where Chig goes. Traylon Burks, um, I've never been too high on. Probably going to be mid to late round in a draft, I would assume. And then Derrick Henry's, I would assume, still going to be elite this year. I if he's available in the second or third round, I would take him. That guy's a great cornerstone for any fantasy team. And that's my take. He's going in the second round right now. Which Derek? Is, in my opinion, is a steal. Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah. You can pair him with an elite wide receiver, and yeah, that is the dream start. I, that's to me. filthy. I've been drafting him into the first, even. Yeah. I think that's good. I mean, last year he was drafted in the first, and no one was disappointed with him. No. Yeah. I agree. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see him with D Hop. I'm assuming D Hop tanked his stock a little bit, but just because it'll he'll D Hop will. Mix up the offense there a little bit, but Derrick Henry still a great option. It might it might help him because it'll make it so he's not the only good player on their team. Yeah. So maybe the defense will have to respect the pass game a little more. But yeah, he'll be the focal mm-hmm. point for sure. Um, and then final thing, looking at strength of schedule, I have the Titans winning after doing my deep analysis of their schedule, which <laughs> took all of thirty-seven seconds. Um, I have them winning nine games. Because they get to play the AFC South and the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are the two worst divisions in football. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe a discussion for another time, but they've got some some nice matchups there. I get them uh, nine and eight. Maybe they go nine and seven and one. You know, tie with the Texans. That seems to happen. Is that where it's happening? Okay. So interesting. What do you guys think? I'll take the over seven and a half for sure. I yep. think. I already thought they were a good team. I think Mike Vrabel always gets the best out of his players. I think betting in that they won't win eight to nine, if not more games, it'd just be a dumb bet to bet against him because he's done it every single year he's been a head coach. So unless they start really slow and then throw in Will Levis, that's the scenario where I can see them winning under seven and a half games. But I would, I'm not expecting that. Yeah. So, Jack, I think they'll be over seven and a half. I think the Titans, they'll be pretty good this year. It's the same formula that they ran two years ago when they were the number one team in the AFC. And A.J. Brown, D-Hop, you're not really losing anything in skill level there between what they have to do for that offense. So I see him being over that. So. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I like Tim Kelly coming in as well. That was D-Hop's old play caller in 2019 uh, in Arizona, which I think is interesting. Um, and homework. So, yeah, I like what they're going to do. I think he's going to get it in playmakers' hands. I think, like Jack said, same formula uh, with some more skill. So I'm excited to see what they do. I'd give them eight wins at least. All right. Great. Go Titans. Now for the division-winning Jaguars. Uh, I'll go ahead. They went 9-8 and eight last year, winning, I believe, five of their last six games to make the playoffs. And then they had one of the most electric games I've ever watched playoff-wise Outside of the announcers, Al Michaels and Tony Dungy should not call games together. (laughs) But they had the biggest playoff comeback uh, against the Chargers. And year two with Doug Peterson, um, I would honestly call it year two for Trevor Lawrence as well. I kind of just scrapped the Urban Meyer year. Um, We've talked about 12... 
how easy the this division schedule is in general. They play three other teams in their division that I don't fully b- really believe are that much of a challenge. The Titans could give them a challenge, but um, and then the AFC South, like we talked about, and they have some higher profile games. I believe they play the Chiefs and a few other good teams as well, just because they won the division last year. But still, I think um, yeah, they added. Calvin Ridley, they traded for him last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be debuting for the Jags this year. Um, that They re-signed Evan Ingram to a three-year deal, which will be big for – he was, I think, key for Lawrence last year. Um, drafting Tank Bigsby to pair with Etienne, I think, is a great pairing. Tank Bigsby is great around the goal line and catching passes, and I think pairs really well with the electricity that Etienne brings. Um, and then they, they did lose Juwan Taylor. That's their – only real loss. He was a top 32 pass blocking tackle last season, but they did draft Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma to shore that up. They have really poor run blocking, worst per, per PFF last year, but they are decent pass blocking. Um, so, yeah, they're returning all their key defensive players, fourth and takeaways last year. How do you guys feel about Ridley coming back? I th- his range of outcomes is obviously significant. He could do absolutely nothing this year, having sat for over two years dealing with the gambling issue and his mental health stuff. And he also could come back to relevance when he was a wide receiver. He was drafted in the first round of dynasty drafts when he was with Matt Ryan. Um, so he is Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback. What do you guys think is the most likely outcome for him in this offense? I think it, it's going to be electric in Jacksonville. <laughs> Um, I, I think they have a super solid offense. I think they had a super solid offense. Yeah. And they just made the biggest upgrade at wide receiver going from Marvin Jones to Calvin Ridley. Um, because they're keeping Christian Kirk. Pretty sure they still have Zay Jones. Yep. They have Travis Etienne, who now has you know some backup with Tank right behind him. And Trevor Lawrence, I think, is only going to continue to get better. He yeah. had a huge improvement last year, um, and I think he's only going to continue down that trajectory. Could really be in the running for a top-five fantasy quarterback, and I think when you have that sort of talent at the quarterback position, that really reflects in wide receiver positions, especially with elite receivers like Calvin Ridley, who's not even out of his prime yet. He's 28 Starting to get old, but he'll be a good pairing with Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. Fresh legs. Yeah. Fresh legs. Well said. Do either of you two feel less bullish on him? I personally, I haven't taken him a lot in a lot of drafts. I, I just think there's just a lot of things that could go wrong when you haven't played in a couple years. But I fully agree that it's worth a shot. The offense is probably going to be top. Top five is a possibility, definitely top ten. I don't know what you guys think, if anything, to add. Yeah, I just think if you look at the the targets of these guys last year, right, Evan Ingram had 98 targets. Christian Kirk had 133. Zay Jones had 121. Like, that's a lot of targets. And I think yeah. you add one more mouth to feed in there, especially a guy to come in and that they want to be their guy, you've got to see all of those numbers regress a little bit more down to the mean, if not even lower, with four pretty good options. So, I don't know. I think temper expectations with him. I think he'll still be good. He'll have good weeks, but to draft him as a wide receiver one is not legitimate. I think a two is interesting. Um, 
And I think there's some legitimate upside there, but I would still feel a little bit hesitant to have him uh, showing those numbers week in and week out based on mm-hmm. how many people are there. Yeah, totally. I personally almost would take Kirk over him, and Kirk, Christian Kirk's going three or four rounds after him in drafts. So mm-hmm. I think there's big value there because he could still be the wide receiver one on the team. Right. Ridley's expected to. He's always re- received a lot of targets in every offense he's been in, but... Um, and then my other question was, do, do you guys think that this time next year we will be viewing Trevor Lawrence in the same tier as Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Mahomes? Is What what percentage chance would you say is that we will be discussing him in that same tier next year? If you subbed out um, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, yeah, that's fair. He's also maybe, in that tier. Maybe I would. Um, I think that he's right on the cusp of that. I think he still needs to take a pretty significant jump forward to be a bona fide top, believe that be six quarterback. I yeah. think he's he's right there right now, and I think there's a lot of hype around him. So I think we need to see, you know, thirty-two plus passing touchdowns this year, and lower turnovers, and even more. If you can support three plus receivers in an offense, I think that indicates a pretty significant jump forward. So I don't know. I'm still waiting to see that, but I think if he if he shows that and again another big step forward, I would put him in that tier. Okay. I. Yeah, I I think he'll be. Like if there's S tier of quarterbacks, which yeah. in fantasy is like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. He's A tier. Yeah. I think he's going to be... He is like where Justin Herbert is at. Yeah, um, yeah. Forgot to include he's, him. Yeah. He's very much kind of that Justin Herbert mold. I think Trevor Lawrence has a higher ceiling than Justin Herbert, um, but we'll see what happens with that. I think there is so much potential for him to be a breakout QB, which is crazy because he was yeah. a breakout QB last year. Right. Um, but I already I already talked about this, but I think he's he's definitely going to be in the talk as you know, jumping for that top five, you All know, right. position. Sure. All right, real quick, we'll do our predictions for their record. Their line is at nine and a half. They won nine games last year. Jack, how do you how do you like them? Uh, take the over barely. I probably want to. Because I have to pick because you're yeah. asking me, I would take the over. But I, would, I would, I don't know. It's going to be nine or ten. I feel like. So. Yeah, Keegan. Yeah, I tend to agree with Jack. I think I think ten wins is a pretty safe line. I want to say ten wins, but like you mentioned earlier, Zach, they play the Chiefs, they play the Bills, they play the Forty Niners, they play some other good, they play the Bengals, like. They either play really good teams or really bad teams. They don't really yeah. play many middle-tier teams. Yeah. I think looking through it, it was like maybe the Saints are a middle-tier team, <laughs> but they're even a bad middle-tier team. So I think it's going to be like the Jags are going to get spanked or they are going to have really good weeks. And I don't think we're going to see much in the middle. They'll probably yeah, be in a lot of shootouts. They'll win some of those games that they yep. shown it, and they'll lose some of those games that yep. they shown it too. That's very true. I think it's a great line. Vegas usually does pretty well. <laughs> I would take not against me. Not against Jack, of course. 
Um, I would take 10 wins, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if they go 9-8 and eight again. Um, yeah, so, all right, so that is it for the AFC South. Really fast, what is your order for them, Jack or Keegan? I can go. Okay. <laughs> I have Titans, Jags, Colts, Whoa. Texans. Whoa. Hot. Okay, Keegan? Yeah, I'm a little bit different there. I've got Jags, Titans, Texans, Colts. Okay, Sam? Well, I've got Jags, Titans, Colts, Texans. Okay. And I have, I think, the same as Keegan. I think the Jags win again. Titans, Texans, Colts. But this division, I think, could go a lot of different ways. Like, some are very uniform. Like, it's we probably kind of know the order. I could see a lot of different things happening here. But transitioning to the AFC East, another division where I think anything could happen. They have... Almost in a different way, though. Oh, a completely different way. Totally. They have three teams that... I would say are Super Bowl contenders and a really good fourth team in the Patriots. Uh, we're going to go in reverse order again um, of standings. That'll be Keegan again with the Jets, surprisingly losing the division last year. Not surprisingly because of their quarterbacks. Keegan, <laughs> let's hear it. J-E-T-S, baby. Let's go. We've got, uh, I mean, after just an electric start, 7-4, and four, uh, people were pumped about this team, and rightfully so. That defense, what they did was truly special last year, and honestly historic. It slashed its points per game by 11 from the previous season. Second largest turnaround in the NFL in the past 45 years. In terms of rankings, it went from 32nd to 4th. So you've got this amazing defense led by Mormon Mahomes and Zach Wilson. So a little bit tough to say that uh, they had that six-game slide to finish the season. Um, but there's a lot of hope for this team, and rightfully so, right? You've got the Jets returning um, their secondary. Their secondary is returning four starters from a season ago, led by Defensive Rookie of the Year, Sauce Gardner. Sauce. Uh, PFF's top-ranked cornerback for 2023. And that's the group that really held the Jets' defense together amid quarterbacking turmoil, right? Um, so last year, if Gardner can really repeat his rookie success, I think the secondary will have almost no weak holes as DJ Reed and Michael Carter II also thrived a season ago, uh, earning a 70-plus coverage grades over the year. So I think it's really interesting. But obviously the move of the offseason that we all knew about for three months until it actually happened. Yep. My blooded boy, Aaron Rodgers, moving on to New York. Uh, history repeats itself, following in Brett Favre's footsteps. Uh, lots of interesting things there. I think it was the right move for the Jets, um, and I was sad to see him go, but I think it's also the time. Maybe think of the Packers' 2010 defense uh, in comparison, which is their Super Bowl winning year. If you compare those stats to the Jets, super interesting, right? So. Similar to the Jets, that defense ranked fifth in yards allowed and finished second in points allowed, sacks and interception, uh, which is very similar to how the Jets played last year. And you've got a lot of the same starters coming back, and everybody says what was Rodgers really missing in some of those other NFC Championship runs that he had through his career. It was a top-five defense, uh, which they had when they won in 2010. So I'm very interested to see what Rodgers can do, albeit at a lower tier, I think, playing than, than what he was in years past. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he's Rogers is reunited with his offensive coordinator from 2019 to 2021 after a failed, failed, I mean failed experience uh, in Denver. Nathaniel Hackett comes back as 
Offensive coordinator and under whom he won two MVPs and led the second best offense in expected points per play in those two elite seasons. So Rodgers is coming in uh, with you know two of the best seasons of his career in that span with Hackett. I think it's right to say that there's some excitement there. Hackett's a great play caller, maybe not a great coach, and that's all right because <laughs> that's not what he's supposed to do here. So I think this is interesting, and maybe this is my Green Bay bias, but with Rodgers, I think the legit Jets are a legitimate playoff team. Um, they added a lot of people around there, too. You've got Alan Lazard coming back, so there's instant chemistry there. Uh, Michael Hardman in free agency to complement uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson, and former number five pick, Corey Davis, uh, also coming in on that team. So I think it's just interesting. You've got a lot of weapons, uh, and... I think it's interesting, too, we forget about Brees Hall being on this team as well. Um, he's obviously an asset, and Rodgers has shown that he can make running backs very fan- fantasy-relevant, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, just think about Aaron Jones, who has been so relevant the last four years, really. Um, curious, guys, here's a question. Who is the most receptions by any wide receiver in Jets history without a touchdown? Without a touchdown. This is just not trivia that I would know. <laughs> you might Do know because know this them? game was recently in the news. Recently in the news? What? I don't even... I'm trying to... Chad Johnson, who just got inducted into the... This player is still thing. in the NFL. Oh. Recently in the news. Who did something bad? Wasn't bad. Oh. It was good? I mean, maybe. It depends how you look at it. What was he in the news for? Being moved to another team. Who's just traded? I can't even think of any. Who's? Oh, Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. Oh Are you my. Serious? So you know now that sad statistic is just out there. Denzel's oh off the gosh. team, replaced by all these other weapons. Kind of interesting. Um, and so I think there's legitimate hype around this defense that's returning again. Those four studs um, amidst also getting another. <laughs> I don't, know. I don't know about that. Sam's already shaking. Didn't down. Randall Cobb come in too? He did. Cobb's there. Yep. You got a. He brought you got a his... wide receiver room just full of mediocre, <laughs> washed up boys and Garrett Wilson, and which Garrett is Wilson. sick. Yes. This yes. like, <laughs> is cool. Which, to be fair, that's been the Packers' wide receiver room for the last ten years. And what have we always <laughs> talked about? What? They need to pick up someone else. They need to draft a first round wide receiver. And they only have one. And they had think about Devontae Adams too. Exactly. He was not what, anything special, but Rogers made him pretty special. Obviously, there's he's a mind special. there, but he's he's special. He's, he showed it last year at the Raiders. Right. Yeah, he You're doesn't right. need Aaron Rodgers. Is also what we saw. Well, Maybe he did early. Early but on. Now he can work with Derek Carr. Apparently. Yeah, I was listening to there was a soundbite that came out with Michael Carter the second just talking about the defense playing against Aaron Rodgers instead of Zach Wilson. <laughs> It was pretty funny because he was trying not to laugh in it, uh, but just obviously how how experienced Rodgers is and how he can really disguise plays, it's already making mm. them way better. And um, Darrell Rivas was also just talking about how that can really make a huge impact on a defense. And he was also, Darrell Rivas was talking about when Tom Brady came in to the Bucks, how they were really going from uh, playing about like 80 to 90 snaps per game to 60 to 70. And so that rest time for more sustained drives for offense, I think, is also significant. And so anyway, I think I'd be remiss not to talk about just 
how excited I am for to see what they can really do in New York. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of eggs in this basket, and playoffs is absolutely one milestone, but I think at least winning one to two games, if not getting further on uh, in the playoffs, is really what's being expected here. I don't know if that'll happen, but you've got to think that that's what the Jets are going for. Um, so I'm excited about Garrett Wilson. I'm excited about Rodgers. I'm excited about Brees Hall. Um, and who knows? Rumors of Dalvin Cook possibly joining the team too, so keep an eye out on that. Um, so I think right now they're over-under um, is at 9.5 for 2023, despite mm. the seventh hardest schedule uh, in the NFL. And so wow. I personally have them over that. I think they need to be over that to live up to the expectation that's being yeah. put on this team. And so I would put them at 11 wins wow. this year. I'm going to go with the highest that we've talked about so far. Wow. I... Nine and a half is a tough line. Eleven, I don't know. They, I just, I think very highly of the Dolphins and Bills. Obviously, mm-hmm. they do have a fourth place uh, schedule because they finished in last last season, so they're playing the worst team in a couple divisions. Nine and a half is a tough line. I honestly would take the under, but at nine wins because I think they'll still sneak in. I think they'll be a wild card team. But they're just their division is so good, and Rodgers, I don't know if he's at MVP level anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at. Jack, what do you got them at? I have them over. I take the over in that. As uh, the fellow non-Aaron Rodgers hater in here, I think <laughs> he obviously still has it in him, and he's going to a much better team with a much better defense. They're going to... Like, the Packers asked everything of him last year, and that's why they didn't make the playoffs. And the Jets yep. aren't asking everything out of him. They're just... It's true. They have better skilled player positions. They have a much better defense. Aaron Rodgers is still probably... I wouldn't take him out of top 10, top no. 8 quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, he could... If we get to the end of the year and we're like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers was a top 5 quarterback this year, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking over for that. Sam? Um... I probably would take the over. I mean, they... Oh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to win more games. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... A... <laughs> Poor guy. It's going to be a little scary with Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson right there. And then if Aaron Rodgers is like, I don't want to throw the ball. He's got Brees Hall right there, too. So it's just a pretty stacked offense. And it's also just a pretty stacked defense. <laughs> and usually those two things together make for really good teams. So I give them the over, not by much, maybe, you know, just above the over, but they are in a really tough division. Um, but I could see them splitting with any of the teams in their division, yeah. yep. honestly, at the same time. Yep. So we'll see. We shall see. It right. happens. Yeah. Now uh, you're going to tell us about the team that they'll oh, likely finish ahead, gosh. the Patriots. Talk Three. about the most boring team <laughs> in the NFL. Should we just skip it? We should. We should. <laughs> the New England right. Patriots, this is the synopsis. They don't do anything. The most interesting <laughs> thing about them is that they didn't sign DeAndre Hopkins. Literally. Or, or, well, Dalvin Cook. I don't know. As of today, not signed. As of today, not signed. As of like two days ago, there were some allegations. Might be there. suspended. So we'll see. Um, apparently. Belichick he, doesn't care about that. He, Belichick, yeah, be, that's a good point. Belichick does not care about that. But D Hop specifically, 
Um, I mean, like, obviously would have been a good addition because they just don't have receivers right now. I believe in Juju. Okay. Uh, Gracious. Juju. (laughs) I Juju, like, did pretty good, and his QB was Patrick Mahomes last year. This year, he's going from Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones. He is the reverse Kadarius Toney. When people were like, Kadarius Toney went from Danny Dimes to Patrick Mahomes, the biggest swap in NFL history or whatever. (laughs) Juju, unfortunately, had to go from Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones, who... His, I don't even know what Mac Jones's QBR was. Nope, I do. In 2022, <laughs> QBR 36.1, 28th in the league. Wow. 28th in the league. Keegan is showing me a headline right now. I'm just going to read what it says. Juju Smith-Schuster reveals he has not practiced with Mac Jones this <laughs> offseason. My goodness. Doesn't need to. Doesn't need yeah, to. He knows Mac throws a good ball. And he's on TikTok. <laughs> um, or Bailey Zappi. Or, or okay, a Bailey Zappi. That's exciting. That is ex- that's a good point, Jack. Bailey, I'm sorry I counted you out. You're kind of exciting. You know who else is kind of exciting in that exact same way? James Robinson. All of our favorite running backs. Is it 2019? Yes, it is. Um, but he did just sign a deal that's worth up to $8 million, which seems like did a lot. Mean, $8 million? Up to. What was up this? Up to. What, does, do we have Wait, guaranteed? Literally all, he, all I found. The Giants. No, I thought he was on the page. I thought he was on the He was, but he got released. All right, well, this yeah, is outdated information. The Giants yeah. Because they don't know about Saquon. That's what I thought. Okay. He got released in training camp. He's See what I mean? This franchise can't do anything. This is ridiculous. They did sign Mike Gesicki, who's a good pass catcher, so right. maybe that's going to fill some of those receiver holes. I think um, he could have been a stud. It'll be interesting because he's in the like still in the division, um, so he gets to play against Miami twice. Um, the other thing about the – the Pats going flipping to the other side of the ball there. Okay, Supposedly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump in. I said, "Is it 2019 for James Robinson?" He was at um, Illinois State. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a farm. His farm. best game, he had 300 yards against Southeast Missouri on the road. Decent. That's ah, insane. That's hot. That's he, insane. He had one tackle. Are you on the hype train for James Robinson? I might, I might be. I might get a jersey. If I win the league, I might get a Illinois State James Robinson. If Saquon oh. holds out and James Robinson finishes as an RB1, we're all getting jerseys. Absolutely. Sure. Okay, cool. I will pay for a legitimate NFL jersey. <laughs> um, uh, all that to say, I guess I should jump off and say that uh, Ramondre Stevenson Stud. is pretty much the sole back in New England right now. I'd say... After the first round in fantasy, take that guy wherever you want. He's yep. probably just going to get insane volume. He showed last year that he is very good. He's a dog in the paint. And there like, is no other rushing competition. There's very little offensive competition at all. Like They are going to move the ball through Ramondre Stevenson. I think it will be a great year for him. Um, and overall, this will be a very interesting year for the Patriots. They do have an elite defense. The last few, I think it was the last Always five good. weeks of 2022, like their overall rating was the number one defense in the NFL. I was unaware of this because I had stopped watching the Patriots at this point. But oh, you don't you don't like them mm, for another time. But um, 
Apparently, they're going to be crazy. Their first-round pick, they they did pick up uh, a cornerback, Christian Gonzalez, who was the second Stud. cornerback so off good. the board yeah. from Oregon. Only went behind Witherspoon in terms of quarter or cornerbacks off the board. So, yeah. think he could be great. So, we'll see what happens. This is going to be a defense-heavy team, which will be interesting playing against the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets, who all have elite offenses. So, yeah. that could be entertaining. Yeah. But that's that's my Patriots spiel right there. Over under seven and a half wins, they go under that for sure. I think. I would take the under as well. If they're in a different different division, maybe I'd think about it. But yeah, I I'll take the under for sure. Under. I'm attacking that under. Yeah. Cool. All right. Great. That was the Patriots. Now <laughs> to a fun, more much more fun team in my opinion, the Dolphins. We talked about the Patriots for a long time to not talk. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We, we put a whole five minutes on them. Uh, but let's let's talk Dolphins here. They they went 9-8 last year, lost in the playoffs to the Bills, 34-31. Um, year two with Mike McDaniels. They also bring in Vic Fangio, which I think is going to be huge for their defense. Um, they do have the third hardest schedule, unfortunately. makes sense with this division. Um, and the, they play some good teams as well. Key additions, they traded for Jalen Ramsey this summer, which is going to be big for them. He's going to pair really well with Xavier Howard um, and Javon Holland in their, in their secondary. Uh, they bring in Isaiah Wynn at tackle to help to his blind side, which is at right tackle. Um, and what I think was a sneaky good signing was bringing in Mike White from the Jets to his health. I think this team, their success is largely reliant on Tua. Uh, with him, with him in the lineup, they went eight and five and were scoring twenty five and a half points per game. Without him, they went one and three and were only scoring sixteen points a game last year. I think Mike White is going to be a better backup than Teddy Bridgewater and uh, what was that other guy's name? Skyler Thompson. Skyler Thompson, a twenty four year old rookie last year. Fun fact. Thanks. Random. <laughs> They, so I think uh, this team will be largely reliant on Tua's health, which all reports right now are good, saying that he's going to be to- he's totally fine, and his re-injury risk isn't any greater than others. We will see with that. He's been taking Taekwondo lessons to learn how to fall better. We'll see if that helps. You don't take those. <laughs> Sorry, it's not a that. vote of confidence for his O line, right? No, there. no. Um, but so there, I don't know. Do you know what their over-under is? I do. What's it at right now? The Dolphins? Yep. Fins. It's at nine and a half. Nine and a half, two. Wow. It's going to be close. Um, haven't even mentioned Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, arguably the most explosive. Probably, It's definitely the most explosive wide receiver duo in the league. Definitely the fastest. By far the fastest. Um, they both played 17 games last year but have been banged up. I mean, you can't stop to be yes, Keegan. I just want to ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Talk to me about what do you think about this wide receiver three battle between Baxton Barrios, oh former Jet, and Robbie Chosen. Oh, give me Chosen Anderson. I think imagine the deep threats because that's like the one thing that Chosen Anderson kind of does well is go deep. Yeah, yeah, he does do that. (laughs) Jonathan Gannon, Uh, he is really fast as well and is good with it. Uh, going deep, so I think that pairs well. I don't know. Neither of those guys excite me. I don't even know who their starting tight end is. They lost Mike Kosicki to the Patriots. Uh, but, again, I think 
Tyreek and Waddle are going to get the majority of their targets, draft them where they're going. Tyler Croft, uh, that's disgusting. Um, but the more fun thing to talk about, a little more ambiguity, with is Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and Devon A-Chain, who they took in the third round. Last year, after they traded for Jeff Wilson, there was a pretty even split between Mostert and Wilson. And they were both decent plays for fantasy, but you just didn't know which one was going to get the touchdown week to week. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys feel uh, in terms of ranking those three players. How would you guys rank Mostert, Wilson, and A-Chain right now if you had to draft? In that order. I, I, have, a, I have a Dolphins fan in my office. He said A-Chain is apparently the guy. Um, it could come down to workload. Maybe he is a dog. I've heard nothing about him, but he's they, tiny and really fast. All right, like Deuce Vaughn, tiny. Uh, slightly bigger, but not too much. All right, he's um, in, he's like track speed fast though, and I think it'll work really well in their zone running scheme. Yeah, that's actually kind of but, sick. That could be fun to watch. I don't know yeah. if that's going to work for like. You don't want that on the goal line though. You know, oh no, you, no, you, no, you, no. you, you yeah. want the big boys up there. So we'll see. I mean, one out of three of those. Is gonna just absolutely blow out their knee. So <laughs> that's just a guarantee. Uh, so you got a thirty-three percent chance that that's gonna happen to you. So just I, take the other ones, right? So just take the other ones. <laughs> I like Jeff Wilson a lot. I think I would take him and then A Chain, but I don't know. I'm I'd be curious to see what training camp reports are looking like and who's getting first team reps. I am not super high on Mostert personally. I think he'll have some explosive games, but he gets hurt a lot. He gets hurt a lot. A-Chain's ADP is 113, Mostert's is 149, and Jeff Wilson's is 175. Oh, I was going to say 167. So 60 picks later, Jeff Wilson to Devon A-Chain. That's just the rookie hype. Like, I would not put A-Chain that far above either of those guys. I don't even know, like, I wouldn't know how to pick between Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. It's like the same player in my mind. So, literally is. take a crapshoot if you really want a Dolphins running back. Don't take Miles Gaskin, and you're fine. He's still there. All right, so uh, nine and a half over under. I am. Ooh. I think I'm in the exact same boat as the Jets. I'm going to take the under again. I think it's just the smart bet when you have the third hardest schedule in the NFL to take the under. Um, I was looking at some stats, I don't have it exactly, but. It almost always plays out to where the under hits when you're that hard of a schedule. One of those teams probably will go over, but I'm gonna. I'm. I think they'll win nine games. They could win up to twelve, and I wouldn't be shocked because this offense is so good if Tua stays healthy. Uh, but I'm taking under nine and a half. What do you guys think? Smashing under. Smashing. I mean, maybe not smashing, but like definitely taking without really thinking twice. Um, All right. Yep, that's it. Cool. Yeah, I'm definitely on the under as well. I think definitely. For this team. Wow. Jack. I'll take the over. Whoa. Yeah. Spice it up. I didn't. Yeah. I think. Wow. Just, I'm just thinking about Tyreek Hill running past people. That's it. And that's, <laughs> and that's the game and plan. Score points, and if they have more points than that team, then they'll win. And and they're they they gonna have a good defense. Have to do that ten times. They're gonna have a really good defense too. And they. <laughs> Fun fact about their stadium is they're going to win like all their first home games <laughs> yeah, because that's so the way true. the stadium is designed is that the opposing team's sideline is directly in the sun, and so it's like 25 degrees hotter on the nice. away team's Nice. That's sideline. so genius. So that's easy 
couple wins at the beginning of the year right there. So you just have to throw on, what, like eight more after that and just think about Tyreek Hill running past people, and then it's an easy bet. I'm actually switching to the over. I think they're going to win ten. Vic Fangio and their defense, I think it's really solid to pair with their explosive offense. I'm taking the over, actually. Now, moving on to the division-winning Buffalo Bills. Jack, let's hear it. Yeah, the Bills are the Bills are disappointing for the past couple of years in their own eyes. That I think every year in the past like three years they're like we're going to make it to the Super Bowl or at least the AFC Championship, and they haven't done that, which to them I think is disappointing. It reminds me of the early 2000 Colts with Peyton Manning, just always like, oh, he's the best player in the NFL, but then they always just lose to the Patriots or the Chargers or someone in the playoffs. And I think if they can, and they can, they're good enough to get over like that hurdle, but that is definitely the story of their um, last couple of years. And so to go into this year, I mean, they're, they're pretty much running it back. I mean, they did a lot to keep Jordan Poyer on the defense, which was huge for them. They lost Tremaine Edwards, but with Matt Milano in the there already and the linebacker not being the most crucial position and keeping the D-line intact and then also adding secondary weapons to Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer, then I think their defense is going to be fine without Tremaine Edwards. And it just opened up a lot more cap room to keep the, the defensive line in check. And then the offense is pretty much the same. I mean... They added Trent Sherfield and lost Naheem Hines to oh. a jet ski, but like they did. <laughs> besides they that, did. the only real addition is Dalton Kincaid, which is a flashy pick for them. They still have Dawson Knox on the roster, and they wanted to run a lot of two tight end sets last year, and they couldn't really do that, so adding Kincaid helps that, and that's going to mm. really help Josh Allen out. Just have four like bigger targets and then Josh Allen's legs itself just great legs. I mean, there's nothing like watching Josh Allen's legs just <laughs> true. They don't call him the stallion for yeah, nothing. So I mean you you think they're pretty much running it back and they won what 12, 13 games last yeah. year. And I think they can do that again. The one very interesting thing though about their schedule is it's very backloaded. I was looking through this. They got the Jets to open on Monday Night Football in New York, which would be a, a good game. Dumb. But then they play the Raiders, Commanders, Dolphins, Jaguars, Giants, Patriots, Buccaneers. Wow. Ghosts. So they could easily be like 8-1 and one or 7-2. and yeah. two. So I think they're going to start at least 7-2. and two. And then, except for they play the Broncos in this stretch at one point, so ignore that. But they play the Bengals, then the, then the Broncos. Then the, <laughs> the Jets, then the Eagles, then the Chiefs, then the Cowboys, then the Chargers, <laughs> then Patriots, probably easy dub, and then the Dolphins. Wow. So the back half of their schedule is insanely hard. And we've seen the Bills get off to hot starts, and I, so I predict that again. Um, if there's any world in which you're watching the Bills the first like eight weeks and you're like there's no way this team doesn't win the Super Bowl I would not bet that Super Bowl favor that future right away I'd wait till they probably get through that Eagles Chiefs back to back weeks and then well there is a bye week in between but okay. still oh helps. that helps <laughs> but then they have the Bengals Jets Eagles Chiefs 
Cowboys Chargers in like a seven game stretch, and so that like if they they could easily go three and four in that, or they could win all of them. They're very good regular season team, it seems, and they can't get done in the playoffs. So it's really all about the playoffs for them. Um, fantasy relevance wise, Stephon Diggs, obviously great receiver. He's a little mad at Josh Allen's balls right now, but he is. He gets a lot of them, and I, so I don't know why he's complaining so much about it. And right. Josh Allen has great legs, so yeah, and Josh Allen has, so that is one of the problems that Stephon Diggs probably thinks about Josh Allen is he does use those legs too much and doesn't use his arm mm. enough to give him the ball. Right. But I think Gabe Davis is being severely underdrafted. You can get yep. him in the tenth round, and he's going to be on the field ninety percent of offensive plays on one of the Agreed. best offense in the NFL. So why not draft that player? The other really good sleeper, I think, is James Cook. He's being drafted at like the RB thirty-two or right now in redraft, sir. And he's going to be on the in, in games last year where he got forty percent of the snap and sixty-six percent of the games. Where he had at least forty percent of the snaps, he was in the he was a RB one for that week. Yeah. So when he <laughs> actually got snaps, yeah, he performed. And if you up that, because Devin Singletary was getting about sixty to seventy percent, so if you give him even more carries, there's no reason why he can't be a high end RB two. Probably not RB one, but a high end RB two for the sure. season could be his ceiling. So if you're looking for him in like maybe a dynasty league, I and you Wait, got Portland Sutton to trade, I'd probably try mm. to try to do that. Or Kadarius Tony, who gets hurt oh. in practice the next day. Yeah. So Sam and I a couple nights ago made a trade, the classic 11:30 p.m. trade. My RB two in our, one of our dynasty leagues at the moment was uh, Leonard Fournette, and Sam had James Cook, Damian Harris just chilling on his bench because he has a bunch of stud RBs. He needed some wide receiver upside. Send him over a trade. We go back and forth. So end up, I got James Cook and Damian Harris for Kadarius Tony and Cortland Sutton. And right the next day, uh, Naeem Hines goes down with a season-ending injury. Kadarius Tony pops up on the injury report per usual. Yep. I'm feeling very good about this trade. He's better than Leonard Fournette right now. I would say he's definitely better than Leonard Fournette. I think they're in. As far as RBs go, the upside is there for James Cook. Um, we'll have to see how that works out. Kind of in that Brian Robinson tier of, like, that dude's going to get a workload. He's got a veteran paired with him to mm-hmm. help with, you know, third down sequences. But he'll, he'll definitely help. Josh yeah. Allen will, will cut in on rushing, though. And but with Naheem Hines out, they were going to definitely use him a lot in the passing game. So James yep. Cook is going to get a lot more of the passing because of that. So they're over-unders at 10.5. I have them starting at least like 7-2, and two, and at that point they go through that Gauntlet stretch, and I think they're going to at least pull out a couple of wins there. So I would have the over at 10.5, but I think I have the over for every AFC East team, so I don't <laughs> know how that's possible. <laughs> what do you got, Keeks? I'm taking the over. I like the Bills. I think they'll find themselves back in very similar positions, but if they can, it'll just be interesting to see if they can actually finish. Alright. I... Also like the over. Um, Jack, I think you bring up a good point with their schedule. I would say it's probably easier for them to go into the back half of their season if they were 8-1 and one or 7-2. and two. You have so much momentum. Thinking of the Vikings or the Eagles last year, 
as opposed to the other way around if you were to have a disappointing first half and then having to rebound even playing teams like whoever you said the Buccaneers um you know Broncos Broncos, like random teams like that it can even be hard to bounce back if you are underperforming yeah I same reason I'll take the over just because I think like you said Jack they'll probably start eight and one um and then you only need to win three games in the gauntlet uh, again, we've talked about this division, and literally anything could happen. Three of the four teams, I would not be the surprised in the slightest if they won the division. Uh, this, I'm really curious what your guys' predictions are for the order of the four, because I think we could all have different ones and it wouldn't surprise me at all. Jack, what do you got? I have Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, but both the Jets and the Dolphins being wild card teams. Yep. Okay. I've got that same lineup. Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Pats. Okay. Sam? Um, similar, but I'll shake it up. I do have Bills on top. I have the Dolphins second, Jets third, Pats fourth. Feels so safe with Pats at four. It's not even funny. <laughs> Maybe even fifth. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Somehow they get fifth. Um, I think if Tua is healthy for a season, he's really going to show us that, like, I'm the guy. Yeah. I'm here. I'm super tempted to take the Dolphins at one, um, but I'm not. I'm not going to bet against Josh Allen and the team that's probably going to go eight and one. So I'll take them Dolphins, Jets, Patriots. That is going to wrap up our episode of the AFC South and East previews. Thank you so much to all of our listeners out there. I know there are many. Um, Boys, you have a good night. We are going to release another episode here in a couple days, previewing the other AFC teams. Um, Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys.